Hello and welcome to Viva Pod Vegas. I thank you very much for listening. This is episode 21, Harem Scarum from 1965. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And Mike, this is the third of three movies Elvis made in 1965. If you wow. do not know what Harem Scarum is about, American singer Johnny Tyrone is enlisted by sinister forces to assassinate an Arab king whose daughter he has fallen in love with. Whoa, you made that really crystal clear. I copied at least from IMDb. Okay, I'm not, but like, I'm not, yes. Yeah, there's a lot of BS going on behind this. <laughs> this is not a good movie. I'm going to say that right at the jump. There's things about it I, I really like. There's things about this I've never seen in a movie before, which passed my Elvis test. That's exciting. But this is an 85 minute long movie. Yep. That that plot is not revealed until 47 minutes in. <laughs> there's so much of this movie where I'm just like, what is this about? Yeah, what is happening? What is the story? What are you telling? Because it just feels like he's going places and meeting people. Well, and there's no real like driving force. Well, there's that one part. So, all right. It starts at like the weirdest movie screening ever. We'll get there. I know. But But, like what I'm saying is so he's invited one place to go perform for these people like a kingdom on the way. He's kidnapped. And then by these like assassins and Mm -hmm. they're like, we're going to force you to kill the guy you're supposed to go entertain. That's what I thought. And he's like, I don't want to do that. And then he escapes. And then it's all about capturing him again. And then you find out that it was the king's brother who like hired the bandits to kidnap Elvis and kill his brother. Like early ish in the movie, Aisha does say to him, like. We we know that you're a killer because we've seen you in the movies. We need you to kill a guy. But like, I feel like the, the the story is not explicitly laid out until like 47 minutes in. The other crazy thing about that is it's just a movie. It's just a movie. We'll talk about it. <laughs> so like we have three... But it's not because he's actually a trained killer. <sighs> okay, Mike, so we have three taglines for this movie. I don't know if I like any of them really at all. I think they're all fine, but there's not like one because sometimes they're like really bad. Sometimes they're really good. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. all just kind of down the middle. Number one, all capital letters. The Golden Age... Of romance and song. Nope. Not at all. Number two, a thousand and one swing and nights. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. I actually kind of like, like that, that one. one. Okay. <laughs> and then number three brings the big beat to Baghdad in a riotous rock and rolling adventure spoof. I don't know about that. I mean, Elvis Baghdad? Not, the name Elvis not mentioned in any of these three. Oh, good point. Yeah. The only, like, there's big beat and song, but, like, it's not explicitly clear music. Mm, how about Elvis goes wild when he goes Middle Eastern? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Let's workshop that a little bit okay. more. It's got Elvis in it. <laughs> so here's the cast of the movie. Elvis Presley has Johnny Tyrone. Yep. Mary Ann Mobley is Princess Shalimar. Mm. She was born in Mississippi, so mm-hmm. she's a Deep South girl, just like Elvis a Deep South boy. Should have been Anne Margaret, but okay. First girl from there to win Miss America, which oh. he did in 1959 in yeah. Mississippi. Acted on a bunch of TV series as a guest star. She was given the Golden Globe for New Star of the Year in 1965. She was also in Girl Happy, a very small role oh, in Girl Happy. Okay. We have Fran Jeffries as Aisha. She had a song in the movie The Pink Panther, like the 1963 Pink Panther. Oh, Apparently cool. she had like a solo number that like was a big deal. Oh, That's okay. like a standout moment in that movie. Yeah. She's mostly a singer. She was featured in Playboy. A lot of these people are just like mm. beauty contest winner, Playboy, Playboy model, model, whatever. Da, da, da. Featured in Playboy in February 71, so six years after this movie, at the age of 33 in mm. a pictorial titled Frantastic, because her name is Fran. Interesting. And then 11 years later, she posed a second time for Playboy, this time at the age of 45, 
This one's titled Still Frantastic. <laughs> it's, it's no wonder Playboy lasted as long as it did. We have Michael Ansara as Prince Dragna. He acted in a bunch of TV series like Broken Arrow, Buck Rogers, Star Trek, the original series, and Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. He's got a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And he voiced Mr. Freeze in Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero from 1998. So, he, you know, again, a Batman kind of connection. Oh, okay. Connection. Billy Barty as yeah, Baba. Billy Barty. Love him. The dwarf. Uh, he was in... The Bride of Frankenstein. He was in Willow. He was in Legend. He was in UHF. He's been in a bunch he's of stuff. Everything, yeah. Still act. I know, not still acting, but like he acted for like a, a long, you know, yeah, what I mean? like those yeah, are. extensive career. Uh, we have Larry Chance as and this is like where we get to the point where I'm just like bouncing around, like just like seeing who's notable. Larry Chance as Captain Herat. He was also in Flaming Star. So oh, we talked about that movie already. Uh, Barbara Worley, Verl, W E R L E, as Layla. She was best known for her role in Seconds, which we talked about because she was also oh, in Tickle Me. Seconds is a crazy movie. Seconds is a great movie. Seconds and Tickle Me, not a double feature. Those two movies no. <laughs> could not be further apart. Then the three dancers, Emerald, Sapphire, and Amethyst. Emerald was Brenda Benet. She's best known for soap operas. Gail Gilmore is Sapphire. She was a former ballerina. She was in Playboy, but in a sweater. I guess she wasn't nude as okay. one of the, quote, girls from Canada. Hmm. She taught ballet hey. in the Berkshires from 1973 to 75. She was also in Girl Happy. So hmm. this is the second person in this movie returning from that, along with Elvis. Hmm. And then Wilda Taylor plays Amethyst. She was in Roustabout, and she's going to be in our next movie we cover, Frankie and Johnny. So oh, again, cool. like I don't, I don't think it's like big roles, but like, mm-hmm. you know. And then the only other actor of note here is Richard Reeves as Scarred Bedouin was also in Girl Happy and Tickle Me and the next movie, Frankie and Johnny. But he was also in The Killing, the original Casino Royale, and a movie that I watched, I think you watched this month too, Billy the Kid vs. Dracula. Oh, yeah. Is this is this his friend that helps him escape? Is that the actor we're talking no. about? No. Okay, who are we I talking? don't know who's Scarred Bedouin. It might oh, be Scared, okay. but on Wiki, it's, it lists as Scarred Bedouin. Yeah, Billy the Kid vs. Dracula. That was boy not good. So this movie... That we're talking about today, Harem Scarum, was directed by Gene Nelson, right. who also directed Kissin' Cousins. Oh. It was written by Gerald Drayson Adams, who also wrote Kissin' Cousins. Oh, man, we got it. Where, where? <laughs> produced by Sam Katzman, who also produced, you guessed it, Kissin' Cousins. Oh, my God. He also where produced, are the Kitty Hawks? Where are they at? He also produced Superman, 1948. Whoa. Oh, 48. Yeah. Okay, you got me there. And cinematography by Fred Jackman Jr. The only credited note I could find about him was that he shot a 1977 version of Spider-Man. So, like, these two guys, oh, like... the 77... Okay, yeah, the one... Yeah, I think I... Okay. I know so, that one, yeah. I just think it's funny that, like, like oh, Superman, not that one. Oh, Spider-Man, not, not that one. Not that one. But, you know... And then a lot of kissing cousins. <laughs> so the backstory for this in the UK, it is known as Harem Holiday. Okay. Which is also the title track. Like the, the first song the he song. sings, Harem Holiday. It's also spelled different. So Harem movie, is spelled different? So the song and that version of the movie is H-A-R-E-M. Yeah. But this version is H-A-R-U-M. It is? Yes. I didn't even notice that. I think... U.M. might be an acceptable spelling. I don't know, but I've always seen it as well, E.M. Well, I, I know, like, the U.K. And, and America, like, they spell stuff, same thing. No, I'm just saying, like, like, I think our version is wrong for everyone. I don't know. <laughs> so some of this was based on Rudolph, Rudy Valentino's 1921 movie, The Sheik. Okay. Which we'll get back to that in a second. It reached number 11, this movie, on the Variety National Weekly box office chart, earning $2 million and was number 40 on the highest grossing films of that year. Okay. It's listed, so the guy who founded the Razzies, John Wilson, 
lists this movie as one of the 100 most enjoyably bad movies ever made, which I don't mm. like the Razzies at all, but like there's, you know, there's note for that. So back to the Rudy Valentino thing. Elvis loved the idea of his character being similar to a sheik, mm. but he retired the film while making it because his character was made to look like a fool. Similar, so he thought it was going to be a comedy. Okay. Or no, 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 sorry. He thought it was going to be a drama. Like a romance thing. And then... Valentino is in it. Right. And yeah. then it became what it is. And also... This movie we're talking about? He like thought they, it was going to be a drama. They sh- So, oh, okay. So Colonel Tom... Of course. ...thought it was going to be a comedy. Hold on now. I want to make a comedy. If you have one guess for Set in the Desert, what kind of insane over-the-top thing do you think he would suggest to he, make it a comedy? He must slide down the pyramids on his backside. Would you believe know. me if I said that he suggested introducing a talking camel? <gasps> Why cannot the camel talk? And we will also have him sing a duet with Elvis, and they will be better than Elvis and Aunt Margaret. Mm. Who wants to see that? He has a camel now. And so... That didn't happen, clearly. All I, all I could think of, though, after seeing the Colonel Tom Parker credit and by the end of this movie, Elvis being in slight brown face, mm-hmm. is Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker going, he's not white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Basically, every critic hates this movie. Jack Shaheen, uh, S-H-A-H-E-E-N, has this among his, quote, worst list of films with anti-Arab stereotypes, which... Uh, yeah, yeah, no argument there. Mm-hmm. So Elvis got paid a million bucks to make this movie. Oh, he could have... the only could, movie he ever got paid a million dollars. He could have paid off the Colonel a little bit there. Didn't he own like $2 million? Mm-hmm. Well, Five cents you know, full gas. You know, well, Colonel Tom got half that, right? Oh, so right, like Elvis yeah, got a yeah. million, but Colonel got half. Ten cents for the white bread. Coincidentally, not really coincidentally, this is the first Elvis movie to lose money, partly because he got paid so much. Oh, man. And no one basically saw this movie. Damn, that sucks. You know, what really sucks even more is like all of the like extra bits about like the dressing of this movie is very bad and like, you know, stereotypically horrible and stuff. But like the concept has always been like it's it's almost just like Seven Samurai or Three Amigo where, like, they see this guy in a movie, they think he's really mm-hmm. like that, so they hire him to, like, do something that he does in the movie. Except this is, like, top secret. Did you ever see that with uh, no. Val Kilmer? I know about it. It's kind of like they hire this movie star because he can be a spy. And, like, he distracts them by being a movie star and also spying and stuff. So, like, Fair. There's, there's ways, like, this has been done where it's not completely offensive. Mm-hmm. But... This but movie. this is completely offensive. The other note about the movie, and then I have some stuff about the soundtrack, is it was double billed, I guess like drive-ins or whatever, or just regular theaters, with Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Oh, So you can go that. see an Elvis movie and a kaiju movie for one bill. Too, too bad it's got to be this Elvis movie. So here's some info about the soundtrack. Now I just want to see Elvis fight Godzilla, Joey. You put that in my head. Well. I at least get got to get a poster mock. Godzilla up. fights Superman in the new, you know, whatever. But yes. <laughs> We got Elvis, or not Elvis, we got Mickey Mouse and Godzilla on the wall. So even though in 1965, again, this is the third of three movies that came out that year, Elvis also put out a studio album called Elvis for Everyone, which took them 10 years to do. Like, he was just, like, recording songs for a while. They put out this, like, compilation kind of thing, right? Okay. Became a worldwide hit. And there's a five-year-old gospel track, Crying in the Chapel, which became, like, a huge hit. Hmm. But they're like, can't use any of that. Get back in the booth. 
And so they had to write all new songs for this. Oh, they didn't have like a, a, a pool to pick from this time around either. So Elvis was in that sense bummed. He's just like, we can't keep pushing these songwriters to keep doing these songs. Like it's not fair to them. And the writing team of Giant, Baum, and Kay had provided 17 of the 47 songs in the last four soundtracks Ooh. across 18 months. And Whoa. he's just like, we're going to deal with it. But they were like, yeah, they're basically like, we got to write a song, whatever. They're wiped out. In reality, writes Wiki, which I think is kind of funny and true, <laughs> almost any song could have been squeezed into the storylines, including old classics. But as long as sales continued, the formula required guaranteed control of publishing and new songs by the same songwriters. However, Presley's sales were plummeting in music stores as well as ticket sales at the box office. Mm. So yeah. I like that. That feels like a Colonel Tom, like, it works. Like, don't touch it. It works. Well, it's not even. No, but it's failing. So it's, I know. it's not even that it works. It's like, it is a formula. Mm -hmm. That is all that matters. Like, it has worked. It will work again. But like, no, you got to like change like even coke changed the formula once mm -hmm. right like, and they you, it failed but they tried they tried <laughs> so 11 songs were recorded for this movie there's only nine in the film but there's 11 on the soundtrack it feels it feels very light on on songs yeah i'm not complaining but like well they I noticed it another uh, this is another one like other movies we've covered where it's like there's like three songs in five minutes yeah and then there's movie 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 yeah and then just wild get back to the song as with Roustabout, there were no singles released in conjunction with this movie. They're like, we got nine, and they got nine or eleven songs. We're not gonna put any of that as a single. That is just from a marketing standpoint. If you're just selling the movie, I know, insane. A month later, they used a leftover 1957 track, "Tell Me Why," backed with "Blue River" from the aborted May 1963 album sessions. Which I don't know, like, but again, these I don't think they're songs from this movie no it doesn't sound like it they're no they're not it's just like there are other songs that they're like we're gonna put out a single but it's not gonna be songs from the movie that just came out because he had that other album going the the elvis doesn't for everyone so maybe as much as the plan originally was make movies to make music to be bought by people and like mm -hmm. wash and repeat this seems to have thrown a wrench into plan by releasing a new record yep as well as a movie the same year. And like people are like, well, we like yep. we like Elvis on record. We don't like him like yep. in movies. The film and its soundtrack, writes Wiki, are considered the low points or one of the low points of Presley's career. People are just like, this movie's not good. This soundtrack's not good. What are we doing here? Well, it's weird how much better this movie makes other movies seem. Like yeah. movies that I were just like, it's good. It could be better. Now I'm like, well, that's awesome. Like, I don't think this is terrible but it's not good like there's stuff about here that i enjoy but i just this really feels like a by the numbers we need to get a movie out and it's like you don't have to so like even that stuff isn't so much what bothers me what bothers me more than anything is like the complete lack of any cultural sensitivity i mean even for well, the yeah. time they could have done probably a little better than sure this. like making up weird like gobbledygook names for places and well I, people that, that and... might that actually might be and i don't know for sure that might be like to not like right to not disrespect the real place like in top gun maverick where they're like we're not going to name the country because we can sell this movie in china and north korea you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah. We, can't, we can't say the enemy is china because like whatever right like it could be like not that they're well, going to sell internationally but they'd be like well, right. we're not going to name were they selling elvis look, in iran I don't know. like probably I mean, not <laughs> that's what if <laughs> like we don't we don't we don't want to like upset to people in like saudi arabia it's like well are there a lot of elvis fans there in 1965 I don't, I don't know 
So the movie opens with the song Harem Holiday, which ends before the movie itself begins. It's just over the opening credits, which is Yeah, the opening fine. credits were weak, too. Like, they they felt just, like, so, like, cut and paste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we have closing credits in this movie, too, which we'll get to. And I think I, I, I have a hunch why. At, at but... least that has, like, a cast like casting call I have kind problems of thing. With that, to... we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. <laughs> but this movie opens in a very kind of exciting way. Yes. Like you mentioned earlier, we're opening with Elvis watching an Elvis movie. Yeah, yeah. And he's sword fighting in this movie. He's, there's a leopard there. He karate chops the leopard to save Dude, a woman, which he, I'm like, this is... He... That's the best thing I think we've seen in any Elvis movie yet, is that he killed a leopard by karate chopping it in the yeah. head. It's... I mean... Again, it's a movie in a movie. So, like, it's two layers removed of being a, a real leopard. That, that's the movie that I wish I this movie was because that movie looked awesome. I also felt like, okay, so I went into this movie knowing that people did not like this movie, right? We looked up the ratings last time. This is the lowest rated movie of all the ones we covered so far on IMDb. It's the second lowest letterboxed. I knew mm-hmm. it was going to be like a struggle. I don't want to come in with like preconceived notions, but I'm like, this is great because it felt to me like they were winking at like, it was a parody of Elvis movies. Right. Like in the Elvis movie, they're making fun of his other movies. Yeah. Yeah. And then they never do anything with that. But uh, I'm like, if this is the, the basis of the premise of a thing where he's kind of like a doof or, or, you know, I don't know. Like, there's like ways you could go with this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this could be good. And then they basically throw that all away. Yeah. I was pretty bummed about that too. Like I was sitting there going like, I would be cool if the whole movie was them in that room watching that movie and periodically cutting back to the audience and commenting on it, you know? So, like, we're just sitting there for 80 minutes watching them watch that movie. I was like, that would have been fine, too. But, no, the movie that they're watching seems infinitely more exciting. And I'm making up all kinds of, like, ideas about what happened up until that point with that movie. So the movie in the movie, Elvis, the character, the actor in our movie plays, sings the song My Desert Serenade after he frees a tied up woman they make out right and they keep coming back to this audience and they're just like not smiling not laughing but then there's somebody says something like we've never seen a room so lively it's just like where really? what <laughs> we should also say they're on some kind of like diplomatic mission he's like an american ambassador what's his name again he plays a johnny tyrone johnny tyrone yeah. two first names so that's very Johnny Fontaine. Mm-hmm. It is. Shout out to The Godfather. Shout out to your other podcast. I knew we were in for a little bit of trouble when the movie ends, people applaud, the curtains close, and the screen, the superimposed screen that we've been watching is still in front of the curtains. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you really just didn't have money for this. Yeah. This... Like, just have it fade to black and then close the curtains. Like, there are ways to do it without, like, having to spend any dollars on, like, CGI or whatever. It's true. That's unfortunate stuff. But this is when we find out that the ambassador from the United States to the country of Babelstan. Hmm. Babelstan. B-A-B-A-L-S-T-A-N, according to the closed captioning. Introduces Elvis, who then sings Go East, Young Man. But I'm just like, is Babelstan, what is Babelstan? Yeah. He's like, the country. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. It's a made up country, but maybe there were, maybe there were tensions in the Middle East around this time and like, they didn't want to piss anybody off. I don't don't know. know. Or like, maybe they're just like, kids, kids don't care. Kids are watching this. They don't care. Or, like, maybe what I think is, like, even worse and probably more true is, like, let's just make fun of these 
strange people we don't know anything about. When was the first? When was Doctor No? Was that around this time? Was this before this? Was it after this? I know that the sixty. Ca- I think it's right after because because so Royale is sixty three, not like sixty nine. I I can't remember. So Doctor No came out. Oh, sixty two. Okay. Russia would love sixty three. Goldfinger uh, sixty four. Thunderball sixty five. So there's three or four bonds, but like, okay. So we think about him. You're talking about like Top Secret, right? Where him was a spy acting as a sp- whatever mm-hmm. actor acting as a spy. Mm-hmm. We're again talking here, like, or maybe the parody of a thing. Elvis, when he's singing the song Go East, Young Man, he's in like a white tuxedo top and he looks like James Bond. Yeah. And I'm like, you're, 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 it's like there. And like later, Aisha is like playing and looks like she's both a Bond girl and a Bond villain. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this yep. is like, it feels, and I don't know if it's, like, I know that they, they were aware of Bond. They played yeah, these movies. I think I think I don't you're right. playing on it yet, but I, like it I, feels like it I, could be. I think they are. I think you're you're right on the money, actually, because I'm watching this movie going like, you know what kind of vibes I'm starting to get? Like if, if this had way better, you know, like people behind behind the camera, I was getting started getting like Indiana Jones vibes mm. from some of it. Mm-hmm. And that was taken from Bond. Yep. So like there is sort of this like sharing kind of thing going on. But I think you just you mentioning it, like kind of having it is having it dawn on me is like, yeah, like the the tears of henchmen and like, you know, who's behind it all actually and like the real big bad and all that kind of stuff. Uh I think that's kind of kind of makes it Because like I wonder if because like now with like 60 years of Bond, when you see a guy like in a tuxedo looks like that or whatever, you're like, oh, like whether you're intentional or not, like you're playing off Bond, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure historically of the thing if like in a movie from 1965 if you're playing off of Bond already, or if you're also just drawing inspiration from the same thing that Bond is drawing inspiration from. Well, I don't. Well, Bond was inspired by like Bond. Like, I know, I know the novels, but like, like, the, like the, a person though, too, right? Like, was it didn't like Ian Fleming like know an actual? Oh, maybe I don't know guy, but like I think I think what actually happened is Bond hit and it exploded into the public zeitgeist mm-hmm. to the point where like even the president like Kennedy's last movie was the second Bond film I think or oh. something like that or like he loved the book so much they were like let's make that one next um the from Russia with love okay so Bond Bond hit like a an explosion so this is they're definitely so I, I they're think, aware okay. I think they're aware yeah but then they like they don't do anything with that like they're just like they well, have because they're just premise. they're just they're just kind of like Letting you know, we know they're not making the whole movie about that. Yeah. But I wish they did. So then the king invites Elvis back to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the first American we've ever invited back. It's going to be, it's, it's such an honor. We've never even heard of, some of them haven't even heard of America. Right. And so they travel a ways and they camp for the night. And we're set up in front of, like, I know that a lot of these are shot on sets to, to save money, but like, there are ways to make it like not look cheap. Like all the ones that were at the hotel, you know, like girl, like all these movies that like, there are ways around it where it's like, you're not reminded you're on a set. Right. And then here it is the <laughs> cheapest background. I think we, we might have ever seen an Elvis movie Yeah. where it's just like, Oh, like you're in a room. That's like, we can see the back of the room. Right. <laughs> and like, it just, it was kind of disappointing for that, but I'm like, whatever, this is fine. And Elvis falls in love already. This is like seven minutes in the movie. With Aisha. Yeah. Aisha is just Aisha. He says to the king, your friend, what's the deal? Is, are you with her? And he goes, Aisha, Mr. Tyrone. He's Aisha. <laughs> All right. I'm even more confused now. <laughs> and we see bandits lurking and then he kisses Aisha and he passes out and then the bandits get him. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that Aisha was in fact Aisha, but also kind of a criminal. 
Yeah, she works for like uh, the assassins. Mm -hmm. She's like the, one of the main assassin leaders. So here's my issue with the movie. This is a little bit of hair blindness. This is a little bit, I think, of the movie not actually giving a shit about the women. I can't tell these women apart. It's there's yeah. like two, maybe three, maybe four different like prominent brunette women. Yeah. And I don't know who's who. Yeah, they they try to do a thing with the dancers by color coding them at one point, which is fine. But they also don't matter. But that, yeah, I was gonna say they're they're not main characters with dialogue either. They're not like the princess. Or, or so are the only the, two real main women, princess I or princess Shalimar and Aisha. Are those the only so. two? And one is good and one is bad, basically. Basically, yeah. Because I'm just like I don't know who this is. Like I'm not I'm not sure who this is supposed to be. <laughs> well, I was getting tripped up a little with some of the guys too. Because if you notice with the bad dudes, there's two bald guys running around. One of them is the leader, and one of them's not. Yeah. And at the end, one of them actually kills the other. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, who was in charge exactly of I that? Know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, but I will say about those henchmen, they got the tallest dudes in Hollywood, and they're like, we need everybody seven foot and over because. Damn, like everybody in that movie is like all those like hench assassins are like yep. huge. So we cut to Princess Shalimar is playing chess with her father. Prince Dragner arrives, which is like her uncle. Yeah. The king's brother. Brother, yeah. Next in the line for the throne. Right. And he's like, the assassins are here. You need to hide. For the Oh, they send her away, right? I think they send they, her away because they're, they're like, you, you, it's it's not it's not safe for you here. It's too Yeah, dangerous. we'll come meet you soon. But she goes to like their summer retreat. For the first time of maybe three or four times in this movie, Elvis gets woken up by having a beautiful woman kiss him. <laughs> he keeps falling asleep. That's right. He keeps getting woken up with kisses. Twice in the scene, I'm just like... The, the Mirage scene. So he sings the song Mirage. Yeah. And I'm like, we don't know who any of these people are. We don't know where he is. He doesn't know where he is. I'm still not sure what's going on in the movie. <laughs> but more and more women keep coming up to him and bringing him food and like fawning over him. And he sings a song that passes out again and gets woken up by another kiss. And he's like, oh, you're real. And they're like, and at your service. It's just like, what? But then not because a guy comes in and calls him like an infidel and starts yelling at him and, tell, and says he's like, really, he's under arrest. Kind of like not arrest, but like he's a prisoner. Because Aisha's just like, we know you're strong. We saw the movie. So that's my favorite part. It's so Galaxy Quest. Like. You know, clearly you're like an assassin in the movies. Like, movies are real. Yeah. Like, there's no way, like, you can't do this. We saw you karate chop the cat. Yeah. Here, Could you imagine they bring out, it's like, we're going to bring out a leopard, karate chop this leopard, and, like, it just eats them. Like, that. <laughs> but what's even crazier is that, no, Johnny, what's his name again? Johnny Tyrone mm -hmm. can back it up. Like, that's what's even weirder. It's like, yes, he does have the skills to... You know, mute a tiger if you had to. So all we know really at this point is that Elvis was supposed to go entertain the king. Yes. And Get, just sing a song or something. And just sing a song. Just yeah. part of like for Ramadan, right? Because they're like, oh, there's right, a Ramadan celebration. Right. Why does it have to be Ramadan? Because they're like, what's that What's that holiday they, those, so like, those throw, people celebrate? Let's throw one real word in there that we heard. Jesus. So instead of going to, to you know, with the king. Yeah. He's captured by Aisha. And then all of a sudden there's this other guy who like kind of works for the Lord of Assassins or whatever. And he's just like, we're all slaves, but like we can break out. He's going to give me $10,000. And just like, 
<laughs> oh right, yeah. So then, like the rest of the movie almost becomes like Elvis trying to get ten thousand dollars. Like not really, but like that's like such a running line. Well, it becomes a, it becomes them on the run. Like it, it's a jailbreak movie for like the next forty minutes, where the two of them are hiding in the like in the fountain with the reeds, which is unbelievable. It's, no, because how long have they been there? And then they take out one guard and jump over the fence. It's like you could have just made a break for it while they are drenched. <laughs> And then they meet up with like the traveling musical troupe and the dancers and all that kind of stuff. And, and he makes it over the wall mm -hmm. into the palace again. And then they get recaptured by the assassin. So it's like this big kind of circle they're running in almost. While they're being pursued by all these guards, which are just like, you know, no name henchmen. It, it looks like visually like Xena Warrior Princess or like Power Rangers yes. where it's like one person in a forest yes. with like a sword. But that was that was like. That was bad for the '90s, but it, it's probably pretty good for this. Like that, I was like, I was like, like yeah. this, I was like, this looks like a, a thing I know is cheap. But it's also like this is 30 years ahead of that. So like, was it okay then? I don't know. But doesn't, it still doesn't look good. But it doesn't it, look good. But I'm getting more of a sense that they are a little more aware of that. Of that, like we should probably make this more cartoonish if we can, or like actually try and pump up like that fantasy kind of stuff about i think that's why they paint elvis later on because he doesn't start off like that like it's as if he spends all this time in the middle east and gets very very tan mm -hmm. as the movie goes on boy, and then by oh the boy. end he's like kind of practically in brown face yeah elvis falls in water again and then he meets another woman who i think is a third woman who's the woman who gives him horses for the escape that's the princess because she remember oh because she's hiding she's though. in hiding yeah okay. so he falls over into like her lap literally okay. like falls into her lap that that fills in a lot of gaps here because she's like i'm gonna help you escape because i did think that was a third person also right when i first watched the movie because again like i don't know who these actresses are and they all look the same and i'm just like is this the same person and, and, they're, person? So, and they're talking so much <laughs> and, <laughs> talking so much mike on the record here saying women talk too much <laughs> no, in movies not women i'm saying everybody in the movie they're saying all these like made-up words and stuff. i'm having trouble following well also like, the princess is like bits. this is a very funny line i don't think it's meant to be funny maybe it is i don't know but she goes, I'm only a slave girl. And El you, know what, you know what Elvis says to her? Tell, I'm winning. You be you. <laughs> oh, my God. And I, I was like, that. okay, so then he sings Kismet to her by oh, the water. Yeah, yeah. And his new goal, he's like, I'm going to buy your freedom. You're a slave girl, but I'm in love with you. I'm going to buy your freedom, right? Elvis then gets accused of being a prince of thieves for not only stealing her, but also the horses. They're like, you got to stop. Like you're, you're ruining everything. Right. And so then this is when the middle guy, the Z Zasha, Z-A-C-H-A, like his friend, like his like one good friend yeah, or whatever yeah. is like, okay, here's the plan. There's a troop. They're going to be dancing for the King for Ramadan. We're going to be a part of that. We're going to get out that way. He's yep. like, cool. This is where we have like a five minute scene of Sapphire, Amethyst and Emerald dancing Baba shows up and he's just dancing well, and it feels like there's not enough movie. Like, let's just have a big, long scene of these girls dancing. Well, there's that. And then Billy Bartley shows up and you find out that it's all a distraction and they're actually thieves. Well, Billy Bartley, yeah, that's, that's, that's Baba. That's, that's the dwarf. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying like, that's why the dancing is going on for so long is because you got to show them like, no, go to the crowd and the dancing is going on. Cause this is an 85 minute movie. That is not, it's well, not that too. And then Elvis picks up the tambourine and well, yeah, he sings that in. song, shake that tambourine. Because he joins in the dance with the tambourine. And then they really try to like rob him blind with that one. But like, it's just so bizarre that they're doing one thing where it's like the drums and the dance. And then Elvis is like, you know what? I bet they're going to like some singing, some good old fashioned American singing to this. 
What I like, there's a there's a phrase, I'm sure it's a common phrase, like it feels like an Aladdin phrase where they call Baba a cut purse, which I think mm. is just like a great, like just like a thief, but like a very specific kind of thief. Like you cut the purse off of somebody's belt. And like yeah. you take that. So then Elvis escapes. And this is where the movie gets weird. Because now all of a sudden he's got Baba, he's got Zasha, and he's got these two kids, Sari and Yusuf. Yeah, yeah. And Oh, right. He's got like the, the street rats. And like, he's just yeah. like, I'm going to... I'm going to buy all your freedom. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to buy this whole family and bring you all home. <laughs> but the weirdest thing, because they're like, they're like, you have to buy us from the root of all evil, the root of all evil. You got to buy us from the root of all evil. Like, keep saying this thing over and over again. Right. And Zasha says he's an American, which means nothing, but he's filthy rich, which means something. The weirdest and most uncomfortable part of the entire movie. We we're talking, going back to what I said before, when I was reading yeah. the wiki that like any of these songs that fit any movie, blah, blah, blah. Maybe don't sing a song called Hey Little Girl, mm-hmm. which is about you being in love with a girl, but like an age appropriate girl when you're a 30, 35 year old man and you're singing to or like a th- like 20, 30 year old man singing to an eight year old. No. And she's dancing and she's just like, I'm going to be a beautiful slave girl. He's like, I don't know about that. But you're going to be a heartbreaker. And then he's basically like lusting after her in song. I'm just like. But the entire time before she's dancing, he's like, she's sitting on his lap. Yep. He's like holding him just like, mm-hmm. and I'm not accusing him of anything. No, no, no. But this is weird. I don't think the movie is aware of what it's doing at this point as far as how inappropriate this is. Okay. Like, I think that they truly are like, this is good, clean fun. You know, like it is kids coming to see. He's a big see- brother. Yeah, he's a big brother. Kids are coming to see this with their big brothers or sister or whatever. Like kids... You know, uh, it comes across as like incredibly creepy because mm-hmm. she, this little girl does like a very, I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's like an erotic dance, uh-huh. like for for like a, she's, a grown and woman, she's like eight. and she, yeah, and she's like doing that hip check shake mm-hmm. and all of the very seductive motions and stuff, and and it is hard to see Elvis. What's the word I'm looking for? Like grimacing at her or something? Like he's got this weird. No, he's look, leering, leering, yeah, leering at her. Because the, the song uh, is about how, like, hey, little girl, like, come over here, like, let me check you out. And just, like... No, it's I, about how he likes little girls. I know, but, like... And he's singing it to a little girl. But I don't think it's about how he likes little girls. Like, I don't think... No, I, like, that's what I'm... Like I that, but yes. That's why I'm saying... I think it's, like... What am I trying to It's, like, it's like, like a 20-year-old singing to an 18-year-old, like, hey, little girl, like, come over here, or whatever. Like, it's a weird diminutive <clears throat> whatever, but it's also not meant to be for an adult man singing to an 8-year-old. Yes, I agree. But I don't think the movie... It doesn't realize. ...thinks it's doing no, something wrong. I wonder Which how it played in weird. 65. Like, I wonder if it was fine. I think they were probably laughing and being like, oh, yeah, when she gets older, like Elvis will, she'll mm-hmm. date Elvis when she's older. Sure, whatever. I don't, I mean, it's, it's. But I'm just like, this is not good. It sank the whole thing. So then Elvis falls asleep again and gets woken up by a kiss again. He's like narcoleptic. In this. this time, Aisha wakes him up and says, look, this is where we basically establish what's going on. You don't kill the king. All your friends are going to die. Yeah. It's like, God damn it. Like, what are we doing? Right. <laughs> I just want to make movies. <laughs> so then we have another amazing thing I've never seen before, which I think is Princess Shalimar in her bedroom. Okay. There's the reflecting pool, oh, like the, the bathtub or whatever. My God. And Elvis sings the song Golden Coins to her. From the pool. Like, as a reflection. He's not in it, just his face is in it. So, question. Uh-huh. Is this more Elvis singing in someone else's head? Well, so later, 
when he's in prison, right, and he's singing, I'm like, is this in his head? Because it, it makes because like nobody else is singing. There's like a backing track. There's like harmonies. There's whatever. There's drums, and no one's reacting. And I'm like, okay, like this is fine. Like I'm finally realizing <laughs> this is in his head. Like he's hearing this. Like it's just like it's in the yeah. monologue. And then a woman comes up to him and is just like. <laughs> Prince is going to love that song. <laughs> and I was like, so why didn't you do anything about. Yeah. Join in or whatever. I don't know. Cause I was like, I finally like, oh, I cracked the code. Like this is just him. Nope. Joey. No. You can't, you cannot crack the code. It is a undecipherable code. There is no cipher. You cannot tell how I am thinking. <laughs> so I, I will say though, like, the the being serenaded by a reflecting a reflection amazing like i think the only other time i saw anything even remotely close to that was in greece when olivia newton john is singing her song after being made fun of at the slumber party and she like looks in a puddle and sees danny zuko's reflection as she's like singing to it mm -hmm. but travolta ain't saying jack right. yeah back Man, amazing, really good. Then we have another five minute uh dance scene from the girls because, like, they're this is when they're performing for the king, right? Oh, yeah, so the but that's like they're in to kill him, like, correct? Yeah, but like, so Elvis is in like his like a full black like cloak and shawl oh, thing, which looks oh, kind of cool. You'd never know he was an assassin, you'd never know <laughs> that outfit. They're like, here, let's give him our best assassin cloak. And then Elvis like tries to make his move, although he's, I don't think he's I don't think he's really trying to kill the kid. He's trying to he's, no. He says he's going to warn him. He yeah. said he was never gonna kill him. And whatever he tries to do fails, and he gets arrested. Yeah. And I was like, well, all right, now he's in prison. And then this is when he's singing "So Close Yet So Far from Paradise," which is the one I was trying to crack. And I'm like, what is going on in the scene? And then like halfway through the song, I'm like, oh, this is a good song. Like this, I think is the best song in the movie. Mm. I don't think like again, I don't think like much of the song, much of the music in this is great, but this is a song where I'm like, I was confused at first again by the thing that we do of like what is the actual happenstance of why he's singing, who is he singing to, who mm -hmm. can hear him, whatever, where's the backing track coming from, where's the drums coming from? And then I'm like, oh no, it's actually a pretty good song. But while he's doing this, Baba's running around like bonking guards in the head outside. I'm just like, this oh, is Oh yeah, it's so weird coming coming to like try and rescue them like he's splinter selling his way through <laughs> through the prison i was thinking a little more metal gear solid but yeah i guess same it's thing. sort of the same <laughs> you know uh, i love billy bartley too bad he didn't get any lines but it's always fun when he shows up but he breaks them out he's yeah. got a big old rope they rappel down with but then he and elvis go to warn the king like tell the king like what actually happens yeah and they rappel into Princess Shalimar's room. And the king freaks out. And she's like, don't freak out. I'm Elvis. And the guy's like, oh, right, I'll hear you <laughs> He's out. like, oh, yeah, okay, right. And he says, I'm in love with your daughter. How could I assassinate you? He's like, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, I never really thought about it that way. You know, most people would kill me to get to my daughter. But yeah. So then Elvis is like, look, I got a plan. They're going to have to trust me, but I got a plan. Oh, and that's when they sort of end the scene with like a whisper. And like, here's yeah. what we're going to do. And they mm -hmm. all like huddle. And then we fade out. And so this is a killer plan. It works. <laughs> I know they have the king hide. Now the king is like with their like ragtag bunch of misfits now. And they like tear up his bed with a knife and they like put fake blood on it or whatever. Yeah. Crazy. And so the guards are like, oh, sir, your brother is dead. King is dead. You're the king now, basically. And he's like, oh, no, that's terrible. He's like, I'm the king now. 
And so there's two groups running around. There's like the people that like lower down and then there's like Elvis and the King and the princess and Baba. Right. And then they all wind up in the same room where the new King is talking to the Lord of assassins. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you did your job. I'm the King. Like, way cool. to go. He's, it here's, worked. Here's your 50 grand. And the guy's like, hold on. Not so fast. I'm King now. You're king, but I'm king. I'm gonna right. tell you what to do. You're gonna be my puppet. And he's right. like, "That's the deal." He's like, "What too, you do? Too bad. What you gonna do? You made the deal with the League of Assassins. We'll get Raja Ghoul up in your ass." And then Elvis and Baba start like making quick fools of the guards. Like they're like throwing things and making noises. And these yeah. guards are like the dumbest humans alive. Elvis grabs the Lord of Assassins from behind, threatens to break his neck, and they're like. I guess we win now. Like, it just feels like this is like an hour 10 or something. Like, there's like 15 minutes left of the movie, but it just feels like, oh, no, like, we're we're good, right? Like, we're we're fine. And then there's all the other men in arms, like Zasha's men, like his, like, you know, web of shadows yeah, or whatever. Yeah, League of Shadows dudes. That, like, escort them through the city. And then there's a big fight where Elvis and his men win easily. And then... Elvis sword fights with real swords. And he's like, this is what you're saying before. Like he's like a competent fighter. Yeah. He's like actually the guy in the movie. It's, um, it's like he was playing himself in the movie Mm -hmm. where he's, yeah, he's like Tom Cruise. He does all of his own stunts. I Mm -hmm. guess. I don't know. But like the wildest part to all this to me is like, after they capture the, the bald head of assassins, the Lord of assassins, they tie him up to like a, like a like a uh, like a wagon mm-hmm. like the back of a wagon yep. and they just kind of like leave them presented yes. in the courtyard yep. all right and then like the huge fight happens and the guys just like st- standing there like dodging bullets yep. and knives and all this shit and he's like i'm gonna get free and i'm gonna like get you elvis and then at that moment like well he's got like a guard in front of him right he's like protecting him this guy's got a, a machine gun yeah and that guy gets an like an arrow through him as he's machine gunning and he like whips around and he shoots the king of assassins. And I was like, what's brutal for this movie? And really then, brutal. And then Elvis and everyone like kind of look like, oh, well, that took care of itself. Smash <laughs> cut to Las Vegas <laughs> where Johnny Tyrone is singing once again Harem Holiday at the Galaxy Hotel. He's brought the dancers with him. They're part of his act now. Everyone we know in the movie is in the crowd yep. loving it. Big curtain call. And I was like, there's still two and a half minutes left. There's they, plenty of time for a wedding. They get married. They are, are they going to get Vegas? married? He goes to the girl, to Princess Shalimar, kisses her. The entire crowd cheers. It says the end. And I'm just like, no marriage. But there's still like a minute left. And then that's when we have like pictures and names and characters. But it's not Elvis, Johnny Tyrone, picture of Elvis. What's her name? Princess Shalimar, picture of her. It's like two names like a picture of just like a random shot of the movie i'm just like <laughs> yeah doesn't help nope no it's not like the end of like kill bill right where like uh right or kill bill 2 where it's like uma thurman as the bride and you see a picture of her and mm-hmm. isn't that no it's like yeah it's like oh this is as johnny and then there's like the vegas strip yep. or like a camel on uh-huh. in like a desert or something uh-huh. it's like well what what did the camel who played the camel i don't know i don't know i don't know Wild and i'm like stuff. i think this is because like there's probably six or eight minutes of the women dancing. And then this is another minute. So I think without those, I know that the women dancing serve a function, like that's the entertainment, but like that's, without yeah. those things, we're at like 75 minutes. That's wild. Cause this is really like a, one of the shortest, if not the shortest Elvis movie we've had so far. And it feels like they're, it's padded in a way like this is a long 85 minutes. You know what kind of 
you know what bums me out the most is that like if this just took place a hundred percent in like America, let's say, and it was like maybe the mob instead or something like that, like this movie would have ruled. If it was just a think, if it was just a different location that didn't come across nowadays as so like comically insensitive, you know what I'm saying? Like if we could just, if this just took place in an environment that was just, I don't know, like yeah. more, more, more accept, like they just didn't make as much fun of it. I think, yeah. Cause this movie works. Like we were talking about all show, like all the different examples of how this movie worked, like when other people did mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. in all the different versions and stuff. So like, it's just a shame that like they took, they took kind of like a sure thing and uh, made sure it didn't work. <laughs> well, so as far as I can tell, like, I'm not saying that like every movie from here on out is going to be like good. I have no idea. I don't know anything about any of these movies. But it seems like this is like the low point. Well, if this is the low point, like it's not I'm that really, bad. Yeah, I mean, it's, not, it's not good, but it's not no, that bad. No, but it's made like the one like Fun and Acapulco now uh, is like up a whole star. Well, I think like that's the thing where it's like there are still things in this movie. Karate chopping the leopard, singing from Dude. the reflecting pool. We're just like, why? Dude, I don't. What karate are you doing chopping here? a leopard needs. To, we need to like still frame that and make it a poster or something. That's got to be. If you can make it the shot for this episode, on like the. Well, I, I use the old vintage posters. I don't oh, okay, really use okay, screenshots, okay. but yeah, it's it's good. It, it's it almost warrants a screenshot. It's really good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like that's something that like nowadays, if I you would make toys out of, right? Like Elvis chopping the leopard. No one would get that reference. But like, if I had a toy company, that's one of the toys i'd be making nowadays and then like your elvis, company would be out of business elvis toys like elvis on the the high dive but he can't dive off because his he dropped his brother in the circus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i was also excited because this you know i we've mentioned before on here like maybe years ago i don't know but like i have these 31 or 30 31 yeah 31 movies across like six different box sets mm-hmm. but this one we opened up a new one there's a three pack of harem scarum speedway and trouble with girls Ooh. which is speedway and trouble with girls are like two of his final five movies so like this is a new oh, okay. box that it cracked open for this which is very exciting nice i, I have it as a single disc so what yeah. is, in my opinion, the best song in this movie is so cl- so close yet so far from Paradise, which is the song he sings in prison. Do you have, do you have another song that you like more than that? Uh, nothing else really stuck with me as much, or at all, I should say. So yeah. uh, that's the uh, that's the other thing is like every other. I feel like every other movie, even up into the last one, I was like, I like this song the most. Like, this is great. And then this one, I feel like none of them even really I think hit. they're burnt out. I think they're just tired. I think yeah. Elvis is tired. I think the producers are tired. I think the songwriters are tired. Yeah. Not better than Viva Las Vegas, the song. No. So that will now end its run. Viva Las Vegas, five movies in a row. It's retiring. Like the old yeah, Jeopardy Yeah, we gotta rules. do that. So the next movie, Frankie and Johnny, whatever the best song in that is, will just become the best song in Elvis movie, at least for one movie. But, okay. <laughs> but we're retiring. Elvis, Viva, so Viva Las Vegas, along with Lonesome Cowboy and Can't Help Falling in Love. Are retired. Those are three that have reached five. We okay. have Poor Boy, best song for one movie. Because we changed this recently, remember? But like yeah, yeah, Poor yeah. Boy for one, Lonesome Cowboy for, well, we have it here for six, whatever. It's fine. Then we have Can't Help Falling in Love for five, Bossa Nova Baby for two. Oh, right. Viva Las Vegas for five. So whatever the Boston whatever in Frankie and Johnny the best song is, we'll say. All right, that, that's the new baseline. I don't know if I'm gonna know any of these songs in any of these movies from here on out. I have no idea. I know there's one coming up. I don't a know movie what. Or a song? No, there's a song coming up. Okay. Journey to the center of my mind or some shit like. It's a weird, cool psychedelic okay. song, and I love this Elvis song, and I can't remember what movie it's from, but I I think I saw it on like Turner Classics one day. Okay. 
And that's where I first heard the song. I wrote it down and like, I'm waiting for that movie to show up. I think cool. something like that. So on a scale of one to 10, 10, totally natural one really forced. How forced is the music in this movie? Cause we have as a, as a quick recap mm-hmm. title credits, he's not singing. He sings in the movie, in the movie to the title of woman. He sings to the audience who just watched the movie he sings to the mirage of beautiful girls when he gets woken up. <laughs> he sings to the slave girl to Princess Shalimar by the water. He sings in the dance with the tambourine. He sings to Sorry while she's doing that sexy dance. <laughs> he sings in the reflecting pool to Princess Shalimar. He's singing to himself in jail. <laughs> and then he sings in front of an audience at the end in Las Vegas. Like each of those kind of makes sense. Yeah, I hate to say it. I hate eight, to say it does. Eight, it's like a seven? seven five. Seven five, okay. I hate to say how like in one of the quote unquote like worst movies, it's some some of the most like realistic singing. Well, I think <laughs> one thing this movie does well is that we talked a lot about like just make him a musician. Just make him a musician yeah, yeah. or whatever. Or an entertainer. And here yeah. he's an actor. Yeah, he's a movie star. Right? So like it makes sense. He is kind of like just playing himself. Mm-hmm. So here's what we guessed for this movie. Oh, boy. Because I, I thought he was twins again. I know. You said it was a prince and a pauper situation. A prince the comes to America. He and Elvis switch places, and they look alike. Or it's a King Ralph situation. <laughs> Their bloodline died out, and they need a new inheritor. I wish it was a King Ralph now that I've watched the movie. And I said, it's a Victorian-era England. There's a big chandelier. I'm thrown by your insistence that there's twins. <clears throat> Elvis is both a prince and a servant. The princess realizes she's actually in love with a servant. I mean, there are slaves and princesses, but like... Princess is in love with Elvis. Neither of us even no. close. What threw me the most is the cover. The cover art... I know. Yeah, so sorry. So don't, don't look ahead. Sorry, everybody. So, the next movie, the first of three in 1966, Frankie and Johnny. We were talking before... I don't think it was before... I think it was before we started recording. Yeah. There's a Pacino-Michelle Pfeiffer movie from 1991... Yeah, it's a play Un- and a song. Unclear if it's related or not. I don't think it's, I don't think it could What be. do you think, though, mm. Frankie and Johnny is about? This is going to be another stab in the dark, you know? Well, that's the point. I know, but it's hard. All right. I'm going to go somewhat familiar territory. Um, I'm going to say Elvis is a pilot again, and mm-hmm. he does, like, an air show, and she is, like, the new... No, this isn't going to work. I'm like suddenly realizing what year this movie is made in. 1966. Hmm. I don't know, Joey. You're going to have to go first this time. Do you think... So he plays Johnny Tyrone in this movie, so I'm assuming he's Frankie? I don't know. Frankie's, Frankie, Johnny Frankie, Twi- Frankie is more of a girl's name. So he could play Johnny two movies in a row, I guess, possibly? Unless yeah. he's neither of those, but he's probably one of those, right? I am going to take a stab. Okay. That it is a Romeo and Juliet thing frankie okay. and johnny romeo and juliet i don't know i, have not, I don't know anything no, about the no, Pacino I, yeah, Pfeiffer yeah. movie but it's set in where's it gonna be set frankie and johnny i see like leather i think maybe Ooh. just because i'm thinking like now greece because you mentioned greece before but i'm Ooh. thinking it's like greece sort of i'm gonna say california romeo and juliet he's like a bad boy on the side of the tracks she's some kind of like valley girl situation or whatever like, I don't think the story is going to be like, like, I'm not mm. sure what makes it like weird, right? Like, I'm not sure what makes it like the Elvis movie, yeah, but yeah. I think it's like a, they're not supposed to be in love, but they fall in love and he's kind of like a, a no good, no good Nick or whatever. And she's like a upper class lady. All right. I California. I, I like it. And it gave me an idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. So instead of coming back from the war, Elvis is going to go to war. 
soon. Okay? Mm-hmm. He's enlisted. And he meets this girl and they fall in love and it's going to be, she becomes sort of like a war bride thing. Mm. And maybe like, since he's a music, since he can sing and stuff like, or whatever his vocation is, they're going to try and see if that can get him not out of it, but like somewhere, somewhere like, so he doesn't have to see a lot of action or something like Mm -hmm. that. But, uh, and then I think at the end, you know, like, he goes off to war, and they split, and it's going to be very sad. I can't think of anything. So it's here's, such a hard one to here do. Is, I also feel like there's this, oh, boy. It just feels like one of those things where it's like, oh, good boy meets girl, but, like, it's going to go terribly wrong. So here is what it's about. A riverboat singer. He plays Johnny. Oh, my he's God. Johnny, a riverboat. You've jumped way off. He's of Johnny that. twice in a row. So he's Johnny again. A riverboat singer with a weakness for gambling. Oh, so it's like Maverick. He's going to be like Maverick. Wants to find his lucky redhead. Whoa, and Margaret. But his girlfriend, Frankie, is not amused. Oh, he's, he wants to cheat on his girlfriend. I, I'm not amused. I have no idea. So it's all going to take place on like a showboat? That would be cool. Uh, I think on the Mississippi River. I'm down with that. I like I that. mean, we've had gambling a couple times, right? We had yeah. the Las Vegas stuff. We also had in Follow That Dream. And yeah, in Florida, the mob. So, you know, we'll see. It's right. it's. I'm Almost excited. a full point higher. It's a 5.5 five on IMDb, which is still a little low compared to other ones, but we just saw four six. I like that it's like a location movie. Like, it's all going to take place on this riverboat. Yeah. Oh. And the letterbox is up to a 2.9 from a 2.6. So I think that's just about right right in there. You know. Man, um, trying to... That was an impossible guess. That was an it's, impossible it, it's so guess. Tough. It's so tough. <laughs> uh, we forgot to do Elvis News at the beginning. Oh, yeah. I will say that there is... Um, Priscilla is coming out very soon. Yeah, so if you call Priscilla, which we will cover for this podcast. I've heard it described as I mean, I mean, I'm following A24 and they're only retweeting like glowing things, but it seems like a lot of people love this. Yeah. And it seems like someone described it as like the yin to Elvis Yang. Like it's just like a Lermans. totally different I mean, perspective and style and everything. So nice complimentary piece. Um, there's also a Riley Kia was doing a live music special from Graceland at Christmas. Oh, wow. Is it going to be televised? Riley Keough Christmas special. She's producing a live music special at Graceland because remember, she like owns it now. There's Christmas at Graceland on NBC Wednesday, November 29th. And then we're going to have to do that as a bonus episode as well. Cool. That'd Simulcast awesome. on Peacock. And the other thing, something you sent me, you found and you sent me a picture of Rockabilly Vampire. What is Rockabilly Vampire? Where was that? <laughs> I believe that was on Tubi. Okay. Uh, I've been, Tubi's a great free yep. app for movies, especially horror movies. And, uh, you know, it, we're recording this in October and. Um, well, I mean, it's going to be out in two days or three days. Yeah. Yet, so so yeah. this is an October episode, but like we're both in the middle mm-hmm. of the Hooptober um, marathon kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I was searching for just vampire movies or movies associated with Bram Stoker or this or that. And, and this rockabilly vampire came up and, and it turns out it's elvis an elvis vampire something or other i don't know i was talking to a friend of the show melissa line who doesn't listen to the show but like we just describe her as the friend of every show because she's a friend of mine and she was i was saying last night that we were you know going to record this episode and she's like are you going to do like biopics and stuff I'm like we're gonna do everything we're gonna do like movies that like his concert films then biopics of him or whatever like we did obviously the Boz Lerman one and then we're gonna do ones where he's a character and we're gonna do Priscilla whatever but I also think that like things that are just like playing off Elvis like you talked we talked about earlier like the Matthew McConaughey Elvis thing on Netflix right? oh, like, there's yeah. just like there's things that are in the vein or whatever 
Johnny Bravo is kind of, I mean, I don't know. Does, did it, did I also send to you some other thing I found about like Elvis from space? I like, think so. There's like an Elvis from space. He comes down and participates in a Elvis contest. There's so much. Like, like, I, yeah. I, you know, I don't like that. There's stuff that is... whole VOD Elvis exploitation. Like there's shark exploitation. Yeah. There's yeah. king exploitation stuff. Love that. <laughs> I mean, I, we'll get to that all eventually. I want to, you know, we still have 12 more movies. Of all Elvis's. Right. Yeah. We also have Priscilla. We have this holiday from Graceland thing. Yeah. And then we got a bunch of other stuff. We got, got the, the Naked Gun trilogy. You know, the Lisa Marie stuff. We got <laughs> Riley Keough stuff. We got biopics. We got concert films. We got lots of stuff to do. So, you know, whenever we have other things come out, like we just did a Cage Club episode for the retirement plan. So that's why we're doing this now. But, you know, we got other stuff coming out soon. So just check it out. Nice. Thank you all for listening. If you want to email in king, K-I-N-G at cageclub.me. We have no emails today, but if you want to email in king at cageclub.me, it's great when you guys send in uh, notes because it's very nice and it warms the heart. But yes. Mike, any other thoughts, anything else you want to say about Harem Scarum before we go? Oh, man. It's uh, do not trust the covers or the posters. I should have known this a long time ago because I love Roger Corman and that's like his whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you sell them with the poster, but like the, the 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 poster, especially when it comes to Elvis, does not dictate the movie. He was not a twin this time. I will not make that. I will not make such a confident mistake again. He can't play twins again. Maybe no, he does. You I only do. You only get that once in your career. I think. Yeah. I'm Joey Lewandowski, and I'm Mike Manzi. All right, uh, Elvis has left the building. So close, yet so far. From paradise I hold you In my arms And paradise Is mine Then you slip Away Like a child At play And here am I So close, yet so far from paradise.